Do you feel like your life has gotten too complicated? You have too much stuff and you have too much going on. Is there a way that you can make it much more simple? That's what we'll talk about today. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Confucius. Today, we're going to talk about a book from the same author that wrote the book that we talked about last week. This philosophy is called Lagom. It's Swedish, and it means simplicity. The book is written by Barbara Hayden, and she wrote the previous book on Huga. This one's called Lagom. She said that the Swedish idea is about making your life much more simple. It's a different way about decluttering things. We all know about looking at things and seeing whether they spark joy. This is a little bit different. This is about decluttering our lives, decluttering our homes so that they feel much easier to take care of, that we can think in these places, that if we have a cup of coffee, that we have a place to put it because it's not all filled with stuff. And it's also about sustainability. And these are all about very simple ideas. She talks about us feeling less rushed in our lives and not just chock full of activity every moment of the day. She wonders that if we can still create space so that we have time to just relax and just to not be so pushed all the time. She says a lot of times in the American lifestyle, we're always talking about going, going, going and money and kids and sleeping and work and that we're just too crunched up to actually get involved in the activities that we want to do. And shouldn't we make space in our time for the activities we love to do and make sure that when we have things going on in our lives, they're the quality things, whether they're the activities that we're doing, that the things in our house even are high quality items that we love having in our house that add value to our house instead of just cluttering it up. She says that this word lagom means just enough in Swedish, yet you don't want to have too much. You don't want to be a minimalist and get rid of everything. This concept is about having the right amount of things and not going to extremes either way. For a while, I was looking at the whole minimalist thing, and I thought, I'm just going to donate everything to Goodwill and get rid of everything in my house. But you know what? If I had done that in the pandemic, I would have had nothing. All those things that I used to sew masks, all those things that I did to entertain myself were because I kept things in my house. And I had all these things to pull from when I was looking for activity or I was looking to send a package. I had so many things in my house that I was basically able to be in here for a while while my county was locked down and still do all the things that I wanted to do. And had I gone with that minimalist lifestyle, I probably would not have been as prepared as I was. And it is actually kind of silly. Because sometimes in minimalism, they talk about, well, just get rid of everything. And if you really need to get it back again, you can buy it again. Well, why would I spend the effort of getting rid of something that I already thought was worthy to be in my house, get rid of it, and then just go buy it again? That's also a waste. And I think it's bad environmentally as well. This makes more sense to me because what it's saying is have the right number of things in your house. And that will make sure that we're happier, that we're healthier, and that we're able to enjoy our lives because it's uncluttered and unrushed. She says that sometimes people can feel really overwhelmed by trying to get to this level of just enough. 
we live in a real consumerist time that we like to buy things and we like to have things that we usually get too much. Or we're in a time where we can't afford to have much and then we're having too little. So really finding that middle ground where we have exactly what it is we need, that's the important thing. And then the other question is, is not about how can we have that comfort and laid back lifestyle. This is about the art of being balanced. This means that we're going to actually not be just being lazy all the time. We have the right amount of things in our lives, not just the stuff in our house, but the activities, the things we're expected to do, that we're busy enough without being lazy and without being so overwhelmed that we're stressed out all the time. We have the appropriate number of things. She says that the whole goal of this is so that we have a, quote, fuss-free lifestyle. And that means that we don't have to slog through things, that we can actually find the things that make us content and happy, even if they're not perfect, that they all go to the same goal that we have in our lives, that they're all the important things that we have to do, and that it's less destructive on us, on our houses, on our planet. This is, again, the right level. And she says, quite honestly, that not everyone who wants to adopt this type of lifestyle can really do so immediately or every day. It really takes time to shift our life around from being overcluttered, overworked, to having that right level of work that is free of stress, free of fuss, that is less stressful. She also said that there's a philosophy behind this in Sweden, that the people there don't have to have people around them all the time. Sometimes that when we think we're doing something alone, maybe going out to eat alone or going to a movie alone, we feel bad about it or that something's wrong with us. But in Sweden, there's no stigma around doing things just for yourself, just going to do something by yourself. And I thought it was interesting because when I did go camping a couple of weeks ago, people would say, are you just camping by yourself? Oh, I could never do that. That'd be really weird. What do you do around the fireplace just with yourself? And, you know, it's funny because I am an extrovert and I do love having other people around, but I also don't find it weird to be sitting next to that fire by myself, thinking some thoughts and just enjoying my time. And that's what it is for Swedish people, too. They find this acceptable. She said there's a concept of having a capsule wardrobe, and that means that you have a set of clothes that are mix and match and really versatile so that really everything goes with everything else. And I'm such a casual person. My personal clothes, everything goes with everything. But even in my work clothes, I try to make it that everything does go with everything else. And that meant that I ended up focusing in on a single color. And I did this primarily so that I could keep the cost of buying dress clothes down. But I also know that everything goes with each other. I was one of those kids who loved something that was called granimals. And if you don't know what that is, it was for kids who did not know how to put an outfit together. That was me. I would pick the wrong color shirt to go with the wrong color pants and the wrong color shoes. And the idea behind granimals is that each of the clothings had animals associated with them on a back label. 
And that meant that all the clothes of the same animal went together. So it was to teach kids who had no sense of fashion what goes with other things. And that's what she's talking about here, that having such a practical closet, everything goes with everything else. She says, too, that part of this Swedish philosophy is about speaking with an even tone, not interrupting other people, and allowing other people to speak in complete sentences. I know I get really excited and I can jump in on things, and it's important to listen and allow the other person to speak, to slow down the discourse and be relaxed. We're not trying to harry or rush people through conversations. We're allowing people to relax and speak their minds and get out their ideas. She said that part of this concept is about performing acts of kindness and being kind to the people around us. And she said that can be anything from leaving people notes to complimenting other people, sending thank you notes to people who do things for us in our daily lives that maybe we don't think about. She mentions nurses, firemen, police, public servants, but maybe send them a thank you note maybe making their day a little bit better. So in the end, this book is very simple. And I think she found something that really brings her a lot of joy in her life. And you're not going to get to do this instantaneously or in every aspect of your life. But the question is, are there ways that you can go to to make your life simpler, to make it less frustrating, and to be actually doing the things that are important to do and getting rid of the things that don't? getting rid of the clutter that doesn't matter to you and keeping the things that you really cherish. Once you get to that point, you'll see that your life can be a lot more simple, a lot less harried, and you have a lot more bandwidth in your life for the pure, simple happinesses that you may encounter every day. There's a couple articles that talked about this particular concept. In his article, he has a lot of really good advice. He says it's that fine line between not lacking and not being greedy. And he has some questions in the article that I thought were pretty good. He says, how much would you eat if you fell legume every day? How much media time would you consume? How much time would you be online every day if you were achieving this standard? How much money do you need? And how much would you need to buy? So instead of us trying to get to the place where we're having this particular feeling of enough, that right space, he wants you to think of it ahead of time. How can you determine what it is that will give you that perfect sweet spot and then start working your way towards getting it? And so I think that's a very important step that he's making. Don't just try to get there. Try to plan ahead to get there by determining what that sweet spot is. But then you get into other philosophies as well. We talked about the golden mean. And the golden mean, in the word mean meaning average, the golden average means that you're looking to go right into that middle spot, that mean spot, so that you have to show restraint, you have to show evenness in your own life. And that was something that Aristotle looked at too. It's talked about in a way like temperance, which is also considered to be one of the virtues that people in Christianity try to follow. And when it came to the Greeks and this concept of moderation, they meant it in everything. When it came to the way their towns looked, when it came to the way that they acted inside their culture and their art, and even inside a lot of the plays, it was something that was meant to go throughout their entire civilization, 
moderation is important. When you think about it, the story of Icarus and Dacarus, they were building wings so they could fly very high, and then Icarus flew too close to the sun. It's really a story about moderation. If you're building wings so that you can fly in the air, that's really amazing. But he had to take it that one step more. If he had just taken a more moderate stance and just enjoyed his flight, he would have had an amazing experience. It would have been one of the coolest things in mythology that someone actually did. They flew and lose that moderate stance. And then he died because of it. Diogenes once said that when a young man asked Socrates what the most important thing he could be doing, Socrates said to him, nothing in excess. And I think we see a lot of that, you know, in society in general. It's nothing wrong with having a drink. There's a problem with having too much to drink. There's nothing wrong with eating chocolate cake. The problem is eating too much cake or eating it too often. You can see that a lot of the things that cause us problems in our lives doesn't have to do with the actual thing. It has to do with the lack of moderation in that thing. In the article, Living Simply, 40 Tips to Simplifying Your Life, a fellow named Stephen Mueller said, it is important that we try to simplify our lives. And he says that with this concept, less is more. So he gave a really good list of ways that you can try to simplify your life. And I posted the link to the article in my show notes because I thought it was a good one. He doesn't talk about the Swedish philosophy, but this article really embodies exactly what they're saying when they talk about this concept of the middle way. He says that we're no longer defined by our thoughts and our actions, and that's a real problem in our society. Instead, our society tends to judge us in the ways we have money and possessions and other types of power. Once we figure out how to live simply, we will have peace of mind, a better clarity in our lives. We'll be free to do the things that we want to do because we won't have all these things around us. We'll save money, own things, but they'll be more valuable things. They will mean something to us because they are of a higher quality. He feels this simple life is a way for us to have freedom. So he gives some pieces of advice in this article about how we can get to that simple life. He says that we have to evaluate our possessions and make a list of everything you own. Wow, that could be something if you have a house full of stuff. Take a look at all the various things that you have of what you really like in your house, what you really own that you enjoy, or the things that you really don't like or that you don't spend time enjoying them. I realize I have a lot of books, but a majority of my reading now is in digital world. I don't really read a lot of physical books anymore because I can take 7,000 of them with me everywhere I go. So the question is now for me, why do I have all these books? I have a lot of cookbooks, but I tell you that when I'm looking to make a new ice cream recipe, I actually look at it on the internet. I don't look at the books I own. So is there really any point for me to own a book about how to make ice cream when I never use them? Maybe I should give them to the library so other people could enjoy having the ice cream recipes. He talks about limiting our media consumption because it is too much for us. We watch so much TV. We let media determine all the things that we're going to do in our lives instead of actually doing the things we want to in our lives. I have ideas for three other podcasts I really want to do. When I sit there at a night watching TV, 
Maybe it's a really relaxing time and I need a little time to get away. But I bet you I do it a lot more than I need to. Wouldn't I rather spend my time working on those three other podcasts instead of watching TV and just wasting my time on something that's not productive? He suggests that we should get away from consumerism. There is so much in our lives that everyone just pushes things at us all the time. Buy this, buy that. And my friends and I were talking about some random thing on the internet. And sure enough, all of a sudden these ads for that thing start popping up. If there's even this hint that you may want something, the internet wants you to buy 5,000 of them. I bought a really nice tent to go camping in. And suddenly the internet thinks I should buy six other tents. What am I going to do with all these tents? So make sure that you get out of this loop, either by blocking the ads or just realizing how ridiculous they are in keeping you buying things all the time. He says next to make sure that you evaluate your time commitments. What are you doing that you shouldn't be doing? Declutter your schedule and focus on the things that are really important. He says that we should do the things that we love doing more often and spend times with the activities and the people that we love to do. He mentions that we should fix the bad relationships we have or find out the relationships that are dragging us down or wasting our time. Maybe they're not worth pursuing anymore. Says it's time to evaluate our goals and our ambitions and declutter those as well. Live more simply. Learn to say no. That's important. We've had a number of podcasts where we talked about saying no to the things that don't matter. And the last thing I'll mention that he talks about, again, there's about 50 ideas here that he has that are really good ideas, to learn to love having less. We love having more. We always want more. But the more isn't making us happy. And so once we stop being in that rat race of buying stuff and having things and always going to every whim we have and start spending our time on those special moments with our friends, our special moments in beautiful places and living in that moment and using those experiences that we have right then and there, we will end up being happier. We'll end up being more fulfilled in our lives. And I think that having stuff in our lives is like whenever you're addicted to a food item or a drink. I love soda. I also eat a lot of salt. But the thing I learned is that once you stop giving up on salt and you stop using it so much, normal things taste salty. It's not like you start feeling like you're missing anything anymore. You realize that you are fulfilled with much less. He talks about canceling credit cards, canceling memberships, getting rid of TV services and other things that we're not using. Also getting rid of negative, bad habits we have in our lives. There's so many things that are riding around with us in our lives that are just weighing us down, and it's time to start getting rid of them. I thought this was a really valuable article, and of course it's in the show notes, but I thought it has that spirit of Lagom, finding that middle way, finding that simple life that's fulfilling and rich because it has the right amount of activities the right amount of things, and the right people in our lives. That's what we're really looking to go, the golden mean. Our fun entertainment advice of the week comes from Ocean's 8. And this is Sandra Bullock talking about how she's going to turn her life around. And um, if I were to be released, I would um, 
Wow, just saying that. If I were to be released, <clears throat> I would just want the simple life. I just want to hold down a job, make some friends, go for a walk after work in the fresh air, and just, you know, pay my bills. I believe her. I think she's going to turn her life around. She has a good plan. She's going to live the simple life. That's right. That's what's going to happen. I'm sure of it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you find this podcast worthwhile. Or even if you don't, 